today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic man show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam and Ann here sitting with David Niles. Happy Epiphany. Happy Epiphany. Is that appropriate? Is that the correct? Do you yeah. say happy epiphany? Sure. Yeah, I think that sounds good. So I learned something, a little epiphia tri- epiphany trivia for you. Ooh, yes. This was on Catholic Radio, so you know it's true. Big fan of Catholic Radio. I didn't hear it on Catholic Radio, but my mom did, and she told me about it. Okay. Okay. And my mom is certainly, my mom is more reliable than even Catholic Radio. Okay. Potentially, yes. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. back in the day, you know, they'd see watch the stars, and if, if a star... Um, moved in a way that wasn't supposed to move, like or did wasn't predict. You know, they didn't re- think it was going to. Mm-hmm. Then that was like a an omen, good or bad. However, different people interpreted it. But you know, for for astrologists, that was something they'd take seriously. And that was known as a disast a disaster. Disaster. Yeah, and that's where the word disaster comes from. Apparently, no kidding. A dis like like ass. Star, you know, like astrological star. Yeah, no kidding. A disaster. Yeah, find that hard to believe. But That's, your mom, your mom, brought, your mom. I said mean, it was it, on so. Catholic radio, so hmm. you never. Uh, it's uh, something to be looked into. Okay. It's you know, I like little stories about etymology. Etymology and etymology is a what word? is entomology? That's like the study of bugs. bugs. I get those words, ironically, confused all the time. Etymology. It's like, I'm always getting the word etymology wrong. <laughs> but I like it when there's, uh, like, stories behind words like that. It's like, hey, you know what? That's cool. Yeah. I use that word. Had no idea. Like Had no idea how cultured it. I was. Yeah. You know what is I mean? That, is that... That's, <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway. Interesting. Uh, we have got we got one on the buttons. Thank you, Juan, for all of your hard work. And we have Jim over here doing sound tests. He's the logistic manager of Catholic Man Show. He has asked us to promote because we do not do a very good job of it at times. But we have a Catholic Man Show store. Go to the slash store Oh, check and out. you will see uh, all of our stuff that we have, like our new hats. I have a hat mic. We have we have new hats. We have shirts. We have hoodies. 
glasses, beer vessels, drinking vessels, all sorts of different things that you can uh, look at and buy for your friends or yourself. Uh, so go to thecatholicmanshow.com slash store and you'll be able to find all of that stuff. Or yourself if you don't have any friends who maybe, will buy you stuff. maybe you're just selfish and you want it yourself. Right. You know what? That would make me pretty selfish. I would, when I, if I want something, I just, just, tend, go, I just, just buy go buy it. it. I mean, right. Like then Christmas rolls around. It's like, yeah, I don't. I don't need anything. I already bought it all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't wait. I'm, yeah. Like the consumerism culture in me has, uh, it's not very patient. Mm-hmm. What, what are we drinking this evening, Dave? Well, uh, I'm not sure. You're the one who put it on the table. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll the, hand it to you, though. It's, uh, we're going to give a shout-out to all of our Texas listeners and supporters on I've had Patreon. a lot of good Texas whiskey lately. Well, we're going we're gonna to try another one. It's Garrison Brothers Texas Straight Bourbon Whiskey. This is a 2009 batch. So it's, it's at least uh, the youngest amount of whiskey in here is five years old. Because it's a straight... Well, it's distilled and barreled at in 2014. Okay. Uh, and it's, the release date is 2019, so the okay. youngest would be five years old. It could but have if it's older. A, if it's a straight whiskey, I think that I think that means it's no. If it's bonded, yeah. If it's bonded, then it's is it five years or four years? Could be four years. I don't remember. But if you see a, a whiskey that's bonded, it means that it's a at least a minimum age. Uh, this is 47 percent ABV. And so let's try it. Let's let's uh, in the great state of Texas. In the great state of Texas has the Texas star on the top, which is nice. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, I saw it as Dave, a star. We've got we've got a, a few. Uh, it's a great bottle to be opening on the Epiphany. The star with a yeah. star on the bottle, no doubt. What a coincidence, Dave. There's few new uh, people who have been listening to the Catholic Look Mantra at this. recently. There's leather in here. Will you? Do you see that? Yeah. Will you let everybody know what we uh, what we do on so, the show? So okay, on the, here on the Catholic Man Show, we do three things every episode. First of all, if you are a new listener, you need to be warned. Um, here on the Catholic Man Show, we are dealing with high levels of masculinity, uh, potentially toxic levels of masculinity, um, toxic levels of authentic masculinity. So uh, be warned. This show, if you are someone in the listening radius, is susceptible to high levels of masculinity. The show may be harmful to your health. It had, had to get that out of the way, but on every episode, we attempt to do three things. We always do the first one, and that's open review and enjoy a manly beverage. That's what we're doing right now. Uh, the next thing that we attempt to do is highlight a man gear of some kind. We will be doing that today. Uh, and then finally, we have a topic, a manly topic on a manly dis- a manly discussion on a manly topic. I haven't had to do the three things in a while. I am I, rusty. I, I threw it out Man. On <laughs> I threw it, threw it out at you. It needs to be I'm done. Pre- it, and we haven't, we haven't very given out like the official warning in a long time. No, we haven't. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So, raise your glass. Cheers. Cheers to Jesus. So, this bourbon is instantly, you can tell it's a very like dark. A, a deep honey color. Yeah. Deep honey? Okay. Yeah. Deep, totally. dark amber. You know, like when you get honey can be, if you buy it, if you buy like a honey bear, it's that really light golden color. But if you get right. like local honey that's not processed, it's this nice amber, kind of like that. It looks just like that. Nice. What are your thoughts? I'll, let me read you the tasting mm. note. Oh, actually, no, I'll, I'll get mm. your tasting notes before I read the official tasting I didn't, notes. I didn't, mean, there was nothing that really stood out to me on the nose. I mean, it, it smells like whiskey. Um, there's definitely some herbs or something that I'm getting on the tongue. Uh, it was, which is on, like, 
Ooh, it's like, ooh, I haven't had that. I'm one. not used to that right there. Yeah, I liked it. So the tasting notes, it, it says, um, it subtle nose of golden delicious apple, meat, and honey, sweet floral, uh, fresh cut grass, saddle leather, cinnamon, and honey, springtime flavors of honeysuckle and orange candy, yellow pound cake, baking spices, lemon, gun, mm. uh, lemon gumdrops, and sugar cookies. A long and engrossing finish, complex, smoky, county fair caramel apple sprinkled with walnuts and cinnamon. I'm not joking. Those are the exact uh, tasting yeah, it's notes. Just a, you know, like a, a sprinkling smoky, of walnuts and cinnamon. Smoky counting county fair caramel apple sprinkled with walnuts. Yeah, it's not one of those like... It's not the state county fair. We're talking about the... Or the state, not the state fair. The, the county state, fair. The fan, yeah, the county right. fair. Yeah, and not like one of those Walmart caramel apples. Not one of those. The, the, the apple is on the nose is what I get. The, the herb that I am looking for, though, it's escaping my mind. I can see it. Like, I can see it in my garden. I'll think of it in just a minute. And I'll tell you, probably at a weird time. I like this. When it comes to me. Uh, it's delicious. I do like it. How much was it? It was on the more expensive side mm-hmm. of the Catholic, uh, you know, typical Catholic Mancho bourbon that we like to buy. You know, typically for bourbon, I I like to stay in the range of 50 bucks. If I, I go, if yeah, I, go, I try to. If I go more than 50 bucks, I... I tend to get disappointed because there's right. other whiskeys that I that I know that I will like more than 50 bucks. You know, I have found that there's no reason to go higher because they don't get any better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't really seem like 100 all the $100 bottles that I've bought, you know, okay, so there are a couple bottles that I that I think stand out. You know, Lagavulin is one of them. Okay, you know, you can pay 100 bucks for a bottle of Lagavulin and you drink it and you say, "That is a better bottle of whiskey than what you might get scotch yes well i'm just i'm just saying whiskey in in general general, right now right okay but for a lot of other things you spend a hundred bucks it's not any better Mm -hmm. and so i go into it expecting a premium like a premium product right and i don't get it and so uh it makes it worse in my opinion it's like when someone says this is the best movie right you know and you go see it and it's not i think this was 65 bucks okay so that's not too bad but Man, it is complex. It has a lot of flavor to it. It's not yeah. a, it's not watered down at all. It has a lot of really good, rich flavors to it. It's not it's not one that's like, yep, it tastes like oak and a little bit of honey and right and some lemon and that's you mm-hmm. know, this and maybe vanilla. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but it has a lot of really unique, rich flavors to it. And it's dark. You can tell it's been aged. You know, the aging process was maybe it's just because in the aging process in in Texas. Okay, I am getting cilantro. Cilantro? That's not what I was thinking at first, but I am definitely getting cilantro on this whiskey. I love cilantro. I'm a big fan of cilantro. I have, we, go, we go through cilantro like crazy. I have become more of a cilantro fan. I used to not really like it. I, I liked a hint of cilantro, uh, but you'd go to some restaurants. Mm. Do you getting you like some cilantro in there? I am like several times in a row. I'm totally picking it up. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan. It's Gar- Garrison Brothers out of Texas. Go the check finish. it out. The finish. It's, it's got long. cilantro on it. And it's very good. So when we get back, we're going to jump into the gear. We're going to talk about discernment of spirits this evening. Yes. Which I'm excited about. And we will uh, talk about what we're doing with Carlo next uh, the, tomorrow. Yes. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We've got Jim Spencer and Juan Posada in the house. So everything is as it should be. This episode, or this segment, brought to you by the Catholic Woodworker. CatholicWoodworker.com. Dot, is it dot com? Yes. Dot com. TCMS. Promo code TCMS for 10% off all purchases. You know those apps that say like they automatically find the promo codes for you? Yes. Do you think it would find TCMS? Do you think it would find that? I'll bet it would. You know what the thing is? I'll bet it wouldn't. I don't know. I'll bet. But TCMS, the promo code, gets you 10% off all of his products and lets him know that we sent you his way. Right. Which helps him continue to support us, and it's a win for everybody. So Also, the Catholic Woodworker stuff is just super cool. So Yes. Even if, even if you get there and say, you know what? I don't even need 10% off. This stuff is so awesome. Maybe you do that. I, I don't know. I don't think I would. I mean, if there's an option to get 10% off, even if it was like a Ferrari mm-hmm. and it was only $100, they're charging $100 for a brand new Ferrari, but then there was a promo code to get 10% off, I'd still use it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, yes. Of course. Okay. So so we have some stuff coming up. Yeah, we've got man, Carlo. We're, we're doing something tomorrow. we've never done before. We're really going to be pushing ourselves. The limit. We're like starting out 2021 with pushing We're, we're testing our minds and our bodies, mm-hmm. just really pushing it to the limit. We'll, we'll be recording three times a week for all of January. Uh, one regular episode, which we're doing right now. That's what this is. And then we're going to be doing two episodes for our patrons with Carlo Broussard, where we're going to be going, it's a deep dive. This is like a springboard into the, the like from the high dive, deep dive into the five ways St. Thomas, of Saint Thomas Aquinas. Aquinas on the existence of God. He came up with five sweet ways. You know what's hilarious is that there's been much ink spilt about the five ways, right? I mean, books upon books have been written about five ways, mm-hmm. and in the Summa, it is less than a page. Yeah. Well, he it writes about it less than a page. I mean, it, it was originally not in the. I mean, it comes from other. He well, stir- he, he first started writing he, the five ways before he wrote the Summa, right? We'll find out with Carlo. Yeah, this is this is something that we'll we'll find out. So anyway, so if you that, want if you want to do it, exciting. go become a patron for ten dollars a month at the ten dollar a month level. You can also do an annual subscription if you want to do that. Yes, and those are great. Annual subscriptions are great because you can give it to your friends. You can give, and you get you a discount. Give, yeah, you get a discount. You get ten percent off, and it's a you, you can give it to your friends. So you can if you have a buddy that you want to donate a yeah. membership to. Like let's just say you have a lot more money than him, and you're like, hey, bro. Come along, come on this journey with me. Right. You can just do that. Yeah. So anyway, go check that out. I'm really excited about it. Dave, I got to tell you though, we're we're going to talk about a book that you've been reading for it seems like the last eight months. Been, well, it probably has been eight months. Uh, my my reading has just so Exodus ninety was actually very terrible for my reading time because you had other things you had to read. Well, no, uh, because I kept I maintained that twenty minutes of contemplative prayer every day. And so if I'm going to adoration, I don't do the, like on Mondays I have adoration. So I used to show up, pray a little bit, pray the rosary, and then do spiritual reading. You know, so like the discernment, I'd be reading this in adoration for maybe like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's down to like five minutes or 10 minutes, you know? And so uh, it has just crushed my my reading capabilities. Uh, Because if, if, you know, if I'm going to be in adoration, then that's when I'm going to do my... 20 minutes of prayer mm-hmm. for the day. Otherwise, I'd wake up in the morning and do it first thing. But 
but you, you've so been it has the, been a slow grind. And you, you've been getting the author. The author has been escaping yeah. you for a long time. And last time, last week, it was either the last week or the week before. You mentioned this book by and, Father Michael Gately. Yeah, and I was like, "Congrats, dude! Yeah, you were you were on the struggle bus trying to figure this out for a long time. You nailed it." And then you brought over the book, and I realized it's not Father Michael Gately. It's Father Timothy Gallagher. Gallagher. Oh, Gallagher. And I should remember that. I like, have, like the I Gallagher. Have, I have a friend. Of, it's Gallagher. His you last do? name is Gallagher. You have a friend with the last name Gallagher. Mm-hmm. It's actually my grandfather's friend, but yeah, okay. he's still my friend. Okay. Jesus is my friend. I have a friend. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, this is the man. This is the man gear today. It's also what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so this is a book by Father Timothy Gallagher, OMV, uh, and it has just been amazing to read um, because he just does such a good job in this book of breaking down what it is that Saint Ignatius is getting at here. Um, you know, he goes like word by word sometimes through the rule and says, you know, like uh, Ignatius says, I feel this way. And he points out that, you know, oh, he's talking about a feeling, not a thought. And when you, f- when you first read the rule, you think, okay, that's pretty straightforward. And then you read his analysis of the rule and you realize, oh my gosh, the depth of what he, of what St. Ignatius is saying here is profound. And I totally just blew right past all of that, you know, and so it's nice. What he does the best, I think, in this book is just constantly giving examples, 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 whether it's a hypothetical example where he says, uh, Alice is going on a retreat and, you know, like kind of just makes up a scenario that Alice, this Alice goes through, or a lot of it is from Ignatius's own uh, writings um, as he was going through like conver- conversion process, or just even later as a saint, when he was, after he was a, a priest, um, or some of it's from uh, Augustine, where Augustine is, you know, in the Confessions talking about how his conversion as he's describing it, and so it's just really great, because it's made, it's written for anybody to just sit down and really be able to comprehend some of these rules, because um, otherwise, they they are so deep and rich, you just wouldn't be able to access um, the real treasure that St. Ignatius has given us in these 14 rules. So, St. Ignatius, he wrote what are called rules for all kinds of stuff. You know, he, he did uh, wrote all these rules on retreats, um, and so... Yeah, he did the 30-day retreat. Yeah, exactly. We, we've talked about that on the show before. Yeah, we have. Right? So, this is only about what he calls the discernment of spirits. Um, there are other books, I, there are a lot of books about the discernment of spirits. This is the one that was recommended to me. i got to be honest with you, I'm really excited about talking about this because I'm not even sure what it means. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, when you're talking about discernment of spirits, I'm not even sure. Like, or, are we talking about dis- like discerning things that are happening in your life? Because that'll be good to talk about. Um, it's not about specifically discerning God's will. Like, oh, I'm trying to make a big decision. Okay. It's not about discerning what God is wanting you to do in this big decision. Okay. And I think it's actually about something that's more important than that. Than God's will? Uh, well, the, I'm talking about then the big decision. You know, oh, should I quit my, should I take this job or this, you know, should I okay. relocate my family? You know, like there are some big decisions, crossroads at a person a person comes to in life. Um, but oh, I think a lot of things with God, 
it's not the big things that are as important. I think we we overvalue the big things and undervalue the small things. You know what I mean? So this would be more about your day-to-day life, how to keep yourself in check, how to be discerning in the the little things. Am I am I pursuing God's will in those in the little moments, in the constantly. Um, through training uh, and monitoring your affectivity or your um, affectivity, yeah, yeah. So your your affections, your emotions. Okay, yeah. So it's a great book. Um, I highly recommend it for everyone there. I'm sure that, like I said, there, I'm sure there are other good books. On yeah, the, the subtitle on the is of Ignatius Guide for, for Everyday Living. For Everyday Living. So it's right. like it, you know, how do we pragmatically put together? Ignatius's yeah. guide. And that's what I'm saying. He breaks it down. I like those kind of books. I like, okay, I understand. Here's the meat, but how do I do this today? Yeah. And it makes for a good read because a lot of times he, he's telling stories. You know, it's, it's it might be a hypothetical story. It's like, okay, you read the rule. And he's like, Alice is going on this retreat. Her first day goes really well. On the fourth day, something changes. And, and so, like, you spend your time kind of reading stories about... Real and hypothetical people. Did you tell me you were reading this with your wife? No. No, but uh, Father Timothy Gallagher just released A Discernment of Spirits for Couples. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so uh, I've been waiting to finish this so that she and I could read that one together. Because I'd be very curious to see how these rules apply to a couple. Like, that would be a different thing. I mean, maybe in, in 2024 we'll be able to find out. 2025. Okay, twenty twenty five. Yeah, we've. I was giving. I was giving you some. Yeah, we don't want. There. We don't want to over project. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So go go and get it. It was not expensive. I don't remember how much it was, but it's probably like Who's fi- fifteen bucks. Cro- okay, Crossroad Publishing Company. Nice. Yeah. So. Uh, he yeah. lives in Father Gall- Gall- Gallagher lives in Boston. You can go to FatherTimothyGallagher.org for more information. So I'm sure you can get the book that, over there. So let's just kind of kind of jump into it. Um, we've just got one minute here left, but um, we can go ahead and start talking about some of these things. Kind of like we need to answer the question, what is discernment? Okay, because we need to say, what is discernment and what are spirits? That's a good... Uh, a, you know, because it's not whiskey. Define, yeah. It's not, it's not whiskey. So discernment, yes, the Latin, dis, uh, discernere... Discern- Man, you guys, you're nere, really good. I didn't, discernere. How, I didn't realize how good you were at Latin. I'm not sure I wrote that down right. <laughs> I think I may have misspelled the Latin word. Either that or uh, it may have been autocorrected. I, I don't know. Uh, but it means to separate things according to their qualities. Okay, so if you can identify... It's like you're discriminating against things. You know, discern, discriminate, sort of the same thing. So it means to, in this case, to dis- distinguish one spiritual reality from another one. Okay. Okay, so I, you know, I can tell, like, this thing is separate from what's going on over here. Just basic, basic level. A lot of times we need the basic level because we don't even think about, we get so entrenched in what we're doing in the day right. of life. You, you look, look past forget. it. Yeah, yeah, it's so, it's right in front of you and you look past right. some of the, and that's a lot of times where the, profundity is mm-hmm. right in front of you yeah all right just like whiskey it's right in front of you right in front of you it's right in front of me anyway <laughs> all right we'll, we'll be right back
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Shout out to all the men who are starting Exodus 90 this week. Excited for you. Be praying for you. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. I'm excited. Excited for I actually, journey. I actually am excited. Like I have become a big. I'm a big fan of Exodus 90. I've talked about it before. It really, it changed my life. It really did. One of the things that we are working on. This is this is new news. I'll go ahead. And, I love news that's new. I will. I'll go ahead and throw. You know this what we call there. it otherwise? Old news. Old news. Yeah. It's old news. No one, yeah. No one. Who cares? Yeah. Why are you wasting my time? Right. Uh, we are going to be putting together with a friend of ours a workout kind of 101 like fitness 101 here's like the things you do things you don't do part of excess 90 is that you have to get exercise every week uh, and a lot of times guys three times a week twice a week three times i believe it was a certain number uh and three times, oh, uh, three. Yeah, three times a week and a lot of a lot of guys trace trace for our spanish-speaking friends never had the opportunity to be taught how to lift weights or how you know what's right. the appropriate appropriate thing to do and if you don't know how to lift weights if you like if you don't know like if you never went to a gym with somebody to kind of like teach you ropes right. you walk in there it's intimidating it is it's very intimidating all these meatheads walking around and you don't know what to do and what like what right. machines do what like, are so, you supposed to say oh sorry right. you know like what's if, the etiquette with protocols are you supposed to cuss at the guy or <laughs> you're supposed, like don't do that don't what do, do that what do i do here so anyway we're putting together a for, for our patrons we're putting together a three-part series on here's how here's some basic weights of uh, how, how to work out and then the philosophy of working out and assuming then, our friend agrees to do it he has in principle in principle yes but we haven't signed the dotted line i guess quote yeah. unquote. but anyway it'll be for our patrons so we're talking about discernment of spirits the book that dave has been reading by father timothy gallagher dave i think that you and i both go through discerning processes a little differently yeah and i think there's pros and cons to to, to both. both yeah 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 i mean i so here's what I here, so here's yeah. what, here's how I discern. Most of the time, I'm an action guy. I just act. Uh-huh. I am not a fan of people who, who who like try to use the let me discern this as an excuse to basically not make a decision. Right. I I, I go under I think the a lot of times of, when they say that that's their polite way of saying, saying no. no. Right. Uh, let me pray about it. What I do is. If something is presented to me... Let me not pray about that for a while. Right. <laughs> Let me just completely forget about this. Yeah. Uh, what I like... To, what I mean, what I typically do is if if something has happened that has brought, been put forth in my life, I just go. Uh-huh. I act on it and then, oh, you know, in hopes that God acts on it in one way or the other, whether he closes the door quickly or he continues that path. Yeah. And it there's some good in it that you're taking action, that you're, you're moving forward, that you're not just sitting on your hands waiting for something else to happen you know a lot of times you know if you act god will act right the the down downside of that i think and the thing that i have to continue working on is the prudent side sometimes i jump into things that i may not actually be called to and that's when god hopefully like shuts the door right and those can be damn it or you know tough doors to be shut yeah um emotionally physically damage you know damaging at times yeah but, you know they can definitely be damaging um but then also you you don't Take the time to actually contemplate whether or not this is what God wants, and so sure. those I, there's some good in it. Insofar as you need to act as men, we need to act, and I think that a lot of times we go, we sit it on our hands, or we don't really act enough in in society, in the world, and in, in just your life in general. You mm-hmm. exist, but you're not living, you know. But you're not living on purpose anyway. Yeah, with intentionality, right? But um, the the downside is, is sometimes. 
your pride, your you have to really keep your pride in check because yeah. it comes into well, is this what I want to do? Maybe this is just what I want to do, mm-hmm. and not what God was wanting me to do or calling me to do. Sure, and I think that's uh, one of the benefits. The biggest benefit of of training yourself in this way by Saint Ignatius is that it keeps you receptive. Um, you know, we put down, we we make jokes on this show, you and I do, about like, oh, why, why is that true? Oh, because feelings? Oh, yeah, okay. You know, um, feelings do not play a role in um, the discernment of truth, okay? But they do play a role in your own personal discernment of God's will. Um, God gave you your feelings for you only, okay? And if you can train yourself you can use them. God will use them like a weather vane, almost. So, um, you know, if you jump into a decision too quickly, um, and you're att- and you have attuned yourself to His way of speaking to you this way, then uh, it's likely that you would uh, experience some desolation. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, you know, a lot of times that happens to people, but they're just like, ah, oh, I'm just having a weird day. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, like I can't wait to get home. You know, if you say if you if you catch yourself saying stuff like that, like "Man, I'm ready for this day to be over," like that's a that is a sign that you should be stopping and th- and and thinking. Okay, and we're gonna get. Hopefully, we can get to that today. Uh, that's the seventh rule, and that's no way we do it. I think. Well, I think we can. So, spirits. What are spirits? Is this part one? We're doing this is part, part one. one. This is part one. Okay. Um, we just, we talked about what discernment was, just to distinguish between things. Spirits in this case are what he calls the affective stirrings of the heart: joy, sadness, hope, fear, peace, anxiety, and similar feelings with their related thoughts. With their related thoughts, but. Uh, we're not talking because some of those could be natural. So he he distinguishes um, those that only strictly have to do with influence over your life of faith. So if it if it's something that doesn't impact your life of faith, then if then it, that's not what we're talking about here. There are natural uh, that makes sense. Natural spirits, natural sure. emotions that will arise. You know, uh, but that's not necessarily God speaking to you every time you get sad. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and so, for all of the rules, we are going to apply uh, this paradigm, which I, this is, I think, be very helpful for you. What you're talking about, being a man of action, it's be aware, understand, take action. Be aware, understand, understand, take action. action. So, take action would be either accept or reject the thoughts and feelings that you're having. Okay. Um, so he starts off. In the Hold on. Let me just ask you. Okay. Like, because we said how I discern, like, how do you typically discern? Well, I would say I typically don't discern many things. I'm just kind of like a easygoing personality. And so uh, I'm kind of like on the opposite end of like, eh, let's just see what happens, you know, and just like hope for the best. Yeah. Like, yeah, it seems pretty rough. Like, let's see if it works out. <laughs> right. you know? But that's also why you and I work so well together. Yeah, I think so. Is because you, you normally throw up the big ideas and yeah. then I... I run with them. Right. Okay, so here in the first two rules, uh, the first two rules are a little bit different. The first rule especially, because um, the first rule is the only time he says, this is for someone struggling in their life. Okay, so he says, in persons who are going from mortal sin to mortal sin, the enemy is ordinarily accustomed to propose apparent pleasures to them, leading them to imagine sensual delights and pleasures in order to hold them more and make them grow in their vices and sins. In these persons, the good spirits use a contrary method. 
stinging and biting at their conscience through their rational powers of moral judgment. Gosh, isn't that the truth? You know, right. when it comes to like a lot of mortal sins, you are, it's almost like your mind blocks the the sense of your consciousness like eating at you and you only can think about the pleasure that's ahead of you. It, it, you're and just tunnel visioned on it. It's yeah. tunnel visioned. And then as soon as after you commit the sin in some aspect, then all of a sudden the remorse, the regret, the I can't believe I fell for that again. I can't believe I did this again right. uh, comes into, but you never see that almost until after the fact. It, man, it, it, it's it's crazy how so that works. So if, if this is you, if, if you're someone going from mortal sin to mortal sin, and you're he, he uses this first rule to kind of establish a baseline that which we can compare the rest of the rules on. So this is a person headed away from God. He's using directional language here. So the rest of the rules really aren't going to apply to this person um, because, you know, uh, you're being rewarded by the bad spirits and you're being bitten and stung. Your conscience is just eating at you. Right. Like in this case, the, the sadness that you might feel is being applied to from the good spirits, from God himself. He's the yeah. one making you sad. Okay, so in the rest of the rules, it's talking about if you're experiencing desolation, sadness, oh, maybe it's because you need to turn back to God. Well, I guess that would still be here, but um, it's backwards from all the other rules because... It's like a negative instead of a Exactly. Because yeah. in all the other rules, the good spirits are rewarding you. Right. Right, okay. Well, what's interesting, though, also is like as you are, you know... You, Working with cooperating with God's grace, and you're trying to live a sacramental life, and you're you're, you're breaking down each mortal sin in your life that you that you hold to you. You your your consciousness like kind of, kind of illuminates, and you realize, oh, I was committing grave sins that I didn't even realize were grave. Like right. I, I didn't even realize this was something that was negative in my right. life. Yeah, like some I of the just, times, like I think some of the times I've like talked uh, like gossiped about people yeah backbiting you know? right. backbiting was one like when we did the episode on backbiting it was just so it's like crap i was like i can't believe i i am a terrible person that was that was yeah. terrible you know things like that that and you can't see that almost right. until you start breaking you start cooperating with god's grace to break down some of these vices and you start striving for for mm-hmm. virtuous life so if you're that guy if you're like the guy who's like starting to have these ideas of man i'm i'm not doing what i'm supposed to be doing like cooperate yes cooperate with like, those feelings yeah, this yeah. is good this is you, you right. you're growing yeah and so it doesn't just because you might commit mortal sins that doesn't mean that you're this person <clears throat> okay so the second rule is in persons who are going on intensely purifying their sins and rising from good to better mm-hmm. in the service of god our lord the method is contrary in that of the first rule for then it is proper that the evil spirits, for the evil spirits to bite, sadden, place obstacles, disquieting with false reasons, so that the person may not go forward. And it is proper for the good spirits to give courage and strength, consolations, tears, inspirations, and quiet, easing and taking away obstacles, so that the person may go forward in doing good. Yeah, this is very. I mean, this so it's is, just the opposite of the first rule. Right. Then you end up like as soon as you start getting, you know, starting to grow in holiness, you get you get a target put on your back, right. and then all the the evil spirits are the things that you like used to how you used to live in your life. You start relishing in them, like thinking about like, man, wasn't that fun when I did this? Or right, you know, and those and that's the devil's playground. Whenever you start thinking about things, you you have no business thinking about. There's right. nothing good that can come from that. Right, and so this is the fine tuning of your your consciousness, your conscience. Right. Yeah, exactly. We'll pick this back up.
me. Oh, it's me. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. This is David Niles. We're talking about the discernment of spirits. Here with that in a hand. Let's try to get through this. Let's see what we okay. can do. All right. We okay. might have to. Otherwise, we might have to make it a three-parter. And that'd be, you know, that's. Like, Let's not do that. Well, the, we'll, we'll just run long on this uh, podcast if okay. we have to. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. We can just do that. Okay. So the third rule. And if you're listening to us on the radio, then just go listen to us on the podcast mm-hmm. or you or YouTube. Because mm-hmm. there's this. Video. We have this video platform. You think YouTube could come out and video us? <laughs> okay, so the third rule. The third rule is of spiritual consolation. So this is where he seeks to define... Wait, can we, can we go back on second rule and just okay. recap? Yeah, so in the second rule, it was just talking about how uh, it's the inverse of depending on your direction. So are you heading towards God or away from God? If you're going away from God, the good spirits are the ones biting and nagging at you. Mm-hmm. And the and the evil spirits are the ones like, ooh, rewarding you. Like, yes, come further away, you know, enticing you. Um, if you're headed towards God, then it's the opposite. The good spirits are rewarding you and, uh, and it's the evil spirits that are biting at you, trying to drag you down. You know, which makes sense because the good and the, the, good and the bad spirits, they're both... Uh, like, not well. The good spirits, I'm not going to say, are angels. Uh, there's been a lot of commentary on what does Saint Aquinas, uh, not Aquinas, Ignatius mean on good spirits. And most people say they believe he is referring to God Himself. He is the good spirit. So the evil spirits are angels, but still they're going to operate based on our nature. Both fallen, of them, fallen angels. Yes, fallen angels, correct. But the thing is that human big, big distinction. Human nature is the same no matter which direction you're heading, and so even the fallen angels have an understanding of human nature, and so they will act the same, the same way. You know. So anyway, uh, the third rule is on spiritual consolation. So he wants okay. to he wants to kind of define what is spiritual consolation. And I think you'll get a an appreciation of the way he defines things. Because um, it's it's not like Aquinas would define something. So here's what he says. The third is of spiritual consolation. I call it consolation when some interior movement is caused in the soul, through which the soul comes to be inflamed with love of its creator and Lord, and consequently, when it can love no created thing on the face of the earth in itself, but only in the creator of them all. Likewise, when it sheds tears that move to love of its Lord, whether out of sorrow for one's sins or for the passion of Christ our Lord, or because of other things directly ordered to his service and praise. Finally, I call consolation every increase of hope, faith, and charity, and all interior joy that calls and attracts to heavenly things and to the salvation of one's soul, quieting it and giving it peace in its Creator and Lord. So, what I appreciate about this is that even Ignatius is giving us examples. He's not saying, an interior movement of the soul, uh, the irascible appetites of the, you know, it's like, he's saying, like, it's this, it's tears, it's uh, joy, it's peace and interior, you know, like giving you, listing, here's what they are, here's the qualities, you know, can be all these different things. Here's what you should look out for. Right, exactly. It's something that is made for people, just, like, those are things we can all relate to. Um, all of those movements, increases in faith, hope, and charity, inter- interior joy. Um, I mean, anybody who's ever experienced spiritual consolation, there's all, there's this overwhelming sense of joy and just peace. And, you know, you feel like you could, you feel like I'm ready to be martyred. Yep. What is it? 
I'll do it for you, Lord, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so all of these interior movements are things that have a very powerful emotional experience, um, like interior joy, quieting, uh, quieting it and giving it peace, the soul. Um, and really, I think peace is a defining characteristic of consolation. Um, and so when you're just... Things, when Peace happens when things are in order. Correct. Yeah. That's Aquinas. Right. Um, and so when you are discerning, a, discerning God's will, um, and this applies even in like those big decisions, if you, make a, if you make a choice and you have a sense of peace about it, that is the way that God, 99% of the time, is going to confirm, send you, send you confirmation that you have chosen correct, you've chosen well. Yeah, the problem is, is you've got to make sure that it's uh, a real peace and not just something that your fabric, it's right. not, you're not a, uh, a rationalizing. Piece. Yes, exactly. Um, and you have to be, it's not like you can just do that. You have to have trained yourself. You have to have given uh, your interior a space for peace to exist. You know, like if you are constantly filling your life with entertainment, mm-hmm. then there is, it's, you have all this noise inside of you. And so you will not ever be able to experience peace because it's so loud yeah. all the time in, right. uh, uh, in your soul, right? Um, your intellect, you're just constantly filling yourself with distractions and your phone. And uh, I mean, I do this too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was reading something earlier, actually today, uh, about like living liturgically, like how to, like, what are the steps of living liturgically? And one of the, I can't remember uh, who I was reading. Oh, it was uh, Romero Grandi or something like that. He's a, a Dominican. Anyway, he was, uh, he was saying the very first step is stillness. In, in discernment, living, in no, in living liturgically, like, oh. in, in just like in in like finding peace and like mm-hmm. in, before prayer and living liturgically is yeah. stillness. Because you can't first you, you can't have leisure without stillness, right? You can't, and so and he and he, the liturgy is all about leisure. And he said like either either you value it and you're intentional and it brings you joy, or it brings you comfort or discomfort. If you don't, if you don't, or if you're not intentional about it, stillness brings you discomfort. And like, how often do we? I, I experience that all the time. It's like, oh, I just finished this task. Now I got to go do this. And I got to do this. I get, and like, right, yeah. It's like I'm not comfortable with just finishing the task and being still. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not comfortable with just like being at rest. I have to go do the next thing. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm like constantly thinking about the next problem, the next issue, the next thing. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Right. Um, yeah, no, I'm the same way. Like for me, driving without the radio on or without my audio book on that's one of the is things, very hard. It's very one, hard for me to do. That's one of the things he suggests on the way to Holy Mass is in preparation for being quiet, like like d- dispositioning your soul for what's about to happen is to... What? A priest would say that. Like, right. right. Yeah, you tr- <laughs> you know what? You drive to Holy Mass with, with four, four kids, kids in the back. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But he says, let's like, maintain silence on the way to Mass. Well, don't have the car, don't have the radio running, sure, don't, right. have, don't have TV playing or anything like that. You know, right. things but, like that. But like, you ha- you're always going, all right, kids, remember, we're not going to be moving around in Mass today. Right. We're, <laughs> right. Like, Make sure that your soul is dispositioned to right. the reality that is taking yeah. place before us. It's, it's like, sometimes I think about Stuff I see priests say, and it's like very true, right? But it's like that's a luxury, yeah. you know. Like, oh, <laughs> to be single that would be so beautiful if we could right? do that. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I did that when I was single, like, right? Right. 
Man, so here in like 30 years, I'm going to remember empty, that. Empty nest. I'm going to write that down. Right. Anyway, uh, let's keep going on okay. to the... the Fourth uh, rule? So, oh, the last thing about the third rule is that um, none of these so far... Uh, and, and really, even in the fourth rule, none of this is about how to apply any of this. It's simply about, this is just discerning, mm-hmm. just about identifying, is this consolation? So the third rule is, is about like the emotional... Is as- how, do, how do I identify consolation? And, and the emotional aspect of it, and right. being at peace, at moving forward, and or remember, not moving forward. And it, it has to be affect your life of faith. So if you're like feeling good... Mm-hmm. Because like you just drank a cup of like a huge like a venti vinte what like whatever it no, is like no. the big you went to the local coffee shop and you didn't go to Starbucks and you just got the biggest cup of coffee and you like feeling great right okay that is not consolation I think God is talking <laughs> to me right now I think I'm supposed to go to coffee shops more often <laughs> right that's what I I'm being rewarded okay so the fourth rule he says the fourth rule is of spiritual desolation. I call desolation all the contrary of the third rule, such as darkness of soul, disturbance in it, movement to low and earthly things, disquiet from various agitations and temptations, moving to lack of confidence, without hope, without love, finding oneself totally slothful, tepid, sad, and as if separated from one's Creator and Lord. For just as consolation is contrary to desolation, in the same way the thoughts that come from consolation are contrary to the thoughts that come from desolation. So, in the third rule, he didn't mention the thoughts that come from consolation, but he mentions it here because he knows that the third and the fourth rule are really tied together. Um, uh, and so, you can see how, once again, he's he's defining desolation in a very practical way. Like, it feels like this. These are the emotions that you will, that you will have, because these emotions are, are, you know, universal across the human experience. Um, and you'll notice that these bad spirits, they're not only attacking our affectivity, our emotions, but they're really going after our intellect as well. So, like, when he says things like moving to a lack of confidence, um, you know, that's what he means is that you're no longer sure that you're on the right path. You know, sometimes when you're on the, having moments of desolation, you yesterday you felt great and you said, yes, I'm receiving consolation, I'm doing God's will, like, thank you, Lord, for like confirming this and then the next day maybe something's changed and you're you're desolate and you all of a sudden you're questioning everything that you knew to be true yesterday and sometimes you might even think does god even exist you know so the things that you knew were true yesterday mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. a sudden now you're not so sure you know it you're so what happens when you do that like what are you supposed okay, to do okay so that's just a part of the experience just don't make big decisions right like well that, that yeah, seems so, to be like what that's I would, that's I would the fifth suggest. rule. That the fifth rule is never make a change. But the first thing you need to do is recognize this is desolation. Okay, because the the reason he has written this down the way it is is so that you can reject it. Okay, so the you like we said, the first thing you do is be aware, understand, take action. And so you would be called to reject these feelings. You might be having doubts. The thoughts that come from, from desolation are to be rejected because they come from the evil spirits. Okay. Okay, so we're, we're going to keep going. Um, on the podcast. On the, for the podcast and our YouTube audience. So uh, check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe to us over there if you haven't done that. Um, and you can see our, all of our other stuff. You can see how good like how good looking we are. <laughs> at, least, at least how good looking I am. It's ridiculous. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. Sure, <laughs> glass. I hate that that's how we went out on this show. It's not. That's just for the radio audience. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... On the radio... Your, bu- your, your body is a temple? Nay. 
My body's the basilica. <laughs> I can't believe I've never thought of that. <laughs> uh, it's like it's about me. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so... But that was a good question. You know, like, what do you do with it all? Because, yeah, even this fourth rule... Yeah, it doesn't tell you what to do. Right. He's just simply... He's setting up. Because there's 14 rules. There's 14? 14 rules. How are you ever going to, like... It's it's memorized. It's not that bad. Uh, It's more about understand it all. It's more about. um, Okay, so we're gonna go through the uh, seventeen, eighteen steps of how to be holy. (laughs) They really build on each other. After this, the first, the first four. I can have a. I can have a cheat sheet. If you if you have a grasp of these first four, that is a Kathy pour for you, Jim. And even the first two are kind of like one rule. This is just something that you already know. This is how the spirits work. You know, he's kind of like just saying, this is how the spirits work. The good spirits will be rewarding you when you're doing good things. The bad spirits will be rewarding you when you're doing bad things. That's something you should know. And then he says in the next, in rules three and four, this is what spiritual desolation is. This is what spiritual consolation is. So like really there's nothing new so far in the in the first four rules. We're to, we're, there's 17 of them though? 14. 14 of them. 14 of them, right. And so... Like there's nothing so far. There's nothing really. Jim's yawning for you to Jim's like memorize. Over this. Look, if you want to stop, we can stop. Can get a nap. Oh, he, Jim did get a nap today. Retirement. He, yeah, sounds, he's retired. Sounds great. Yeah. Okay, so there's. No, I don't want to stop. By the way, I'm just like. Okay. I, I just wasn't prepared. I didn't realize how many steps we were talking about, and so I was yeah. thinking like, oh, one, two, three, four. Uh, thank you, Juan, for that. <laughs> brilliant. That is. That did is you have a modeling career? That picture. Who did your hair that day? Me. It's, it's gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so um, uh, so the last thing we said was that it's affecting your intellect along with your emotions. So it's not just about your emotions. It's it's uh, it's the the interior life kind of. Okay. Um. So what we see here is there's a series of events that's taking place. If we could sum it up this way. Let me sum up. Yeah, let me sum up. This will kind of bring together the first four rules. That there are external realities that serve as instruments for the good or the bad spirits, which lead to an experience of consolation or desolation. And that gives rise to certain thoughts that should be embraced or rejected. Okay, so external realities <laughs> lead to an experience and then to thoughts. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's not like earth shattering, right? You know what it's I mean. Not. But it's but it needs to be said, I guess. It does because it's about simply being aware. I mean, I think a lot of times, especially as men, we're just not always in tuned with. You know, it's like we're kind of uh, bottle it up. You know, just like just get through just it, get through the grind. Yeah, and just get suck the next it up day. and go and keep right. going, right? And that's not the right approach for trying to like. Maintain that silence, you know, like God comes to you in the small whisper. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're just like the grunting, stillness. grunting through the day. By still water. Right, exactly, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So you're just not going to be ready to hear, hear that. So it's important just to keep that in mind, that that's what we're, that's what we're talking about, is this, the experiences that we have So the problem, the problem is, is that we don't ever give ourselves even the opportunity to, to quiet our senses, to quiet our appetites, to be still. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, 
there's no opportunity, there's no potential of being able to even understand what God's will is for you. Right. And thus, you're just, you're going to miss the boat completely. Right. And when it comes to like those big things, if you're getting all of the little things right that lead up to the big thing, the big thing is the big as- thing becomes it kind of like takes care of itself, right? right? And I like I think a lot of people, myself included, didn't even know I was supposed to be doing this. I didn't even know that that there was uh, this beautiful discipline about like oh I can really rely on these interior affect affectations that that I receive if I have ordered my life right, you know, which um, you know I strive to order my life the right way. You know, I, I my life is ordered today so much better than it used to be, right? So, I mean, I've, I've had... So, good. <laughs> so, um, when I was reading this, it was like, wow, I didn't even know this was a thing. that I, I didn't even know there was such a teaching, uh, a rich tradition in the Catholic faith, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, this is so beautiful, I think, as a way of ordering your life, your interior life, uh, like minute by minute, okay? And so now we are going to get to what to do. Action. Action. So, yeah, so far we're at the, uh, we've done the be aware and understand, and now we're going to take action, okay? I typically skip directly to this. Right, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the three things? What's like, number five? Right, yeah, the blog said five things. Right. Uh, what are they? Right. You didn't bullet point them, so I didn't... Re- you didn't bullet point in bold There's with no, number headings, right. and so I didn't read it. There wasn't big text with little text, and so I stopped. Right. Okay, so the fifth rule is, in times of desolation, never make a change. Oh, I said that earlier. Yeah, yeah. I think this is probably the most the most famous of it the was, rules. It's not like my thing. I've heard that like a million times right. with other, from other spiritual right. fathers. It says, never make a change, but be firm and constant in the proposals and determinations in which one was the day preceding such desolation, or in the determination in which one was in the preceding consolation. Either one. Because as in consolation, the good spirit guides and counsels us more, so in desolation, the bad spirit, whose counsels we cannot find, uh, which we cannot find the right direction, or the right way to the good decision. So, um, when you're in desolation, it's the bad spirit that's counseling you. That's the, those are the thoughts you're getting, because the mm. thoughts that come from desolation are from the, what he, he calls the evil spirits. The thoughts that come from consolation are the thoughts that come from the good spirits. I think it could also just be yourself, though, as well. Well, it could be. Because, like, you know, like, in desolation, you know, you have this, this feeling of an absence of God, and so, you know, it's just like, where are you, you know? Oh Lord, my God! You know, I, I I don't feel you at all. And so then, what happens is you try to rely on yourself more and more. Like, well, or, sure, or, sure, there there is some of that. But remember, we're still we're only talking about decisions or um, feelings and thoughts that would influence your life of faith. So if it's like you know what, I'm just not feeling like eating apples today. I'm just gonna have a sandwich. You know, it's like, that's not what we're talking about. It's not right. like, oh, by eating a sandwich, I mean, you were going along with the evil spirits. No. Like, you were planning on eating That's not apple. what I was talking about either. But. No, but if you're feeling sad, like if you're feeling down, like the things that we listed in the fourth, the fourth rule, the darkness of soul, the like lowering to the earth, the, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, forgetfulness, um, <laughs> 
uh, what was it? The uh, forgetfulness or something, you know, um, those things that we listed in the fourth. If you're, if you're experiencing those and it, it, you've determined this is spiritual desolation, not natural desolation, then the thoughts that come from the spiritual desolation, according to St. Ignatius, um, should be rejected. And so you would never, ever, ever, ever. Hmm. And in the book, this is one thing that's great about the book, is he lists example after example of like either the writings of Augustine or these hypothetical scenarios where he, you can re- he makes it very clear to understand, oh, that's what you're talking about. Okay, I see how... Yes, this, like, yeah, that's exactly what would happen. And if she makes that decision, that's going to be a bad decision. Mm-hmm. But you can also see the way he lays it out that, like, if I was in that in that moment, that is how I would... Typically, I, just a good rule of thumb in general is if you're having emotional highs or lows, don't make a decision. Yeah, um, so he would say in the moment of consolation, it's a good time to make a decision. See, like, man, that's... See, because I've made bad decisions, like, because I feel good about it. Like, okay, yes. Good. Mm-hmm. This is this is all happening. I'm gonna pray three hours a day. Yeah, and I, like I make a bad decision by doing it. Right. So um, that's something that you could like revisit later. He's he's very clear in here about. Yeah. He tells At you least like in my, in my experience, it's like I never try to make decisions in highs or lows. I wait and let the emotion subside. Subside. Mm-hmm. Not subside. Subside. Yeah, yeah, words are hard right subside and then that gives me a little bit more clarity of mind yeah. to assess the situation so in part two we're going to get to what to do in times of consolation he's very specific he says these are the things you need to think about in moments of consolation and mm. so if you're doing that they will naturally prevent you from making over exuberant dis- choices okay okay so we're going to get to that in the next one i mean um so, like, there's the reason why there's so many rules is there's like five for desolation and like five for consolation, and then there's those four four rules in the beginning that kind of like get, get, set up could be clumped together yeah. in, in a long, way, large way. So, okay. um, uh, so that was the fifth rule. So, um, to me, kind of like what you were saying, this rule never make a change is not very intuitive. Because in the realm of discerning, if all of, like if you've made a choice and then all of a sudden you find yourself desolate, I think it's kind of normal, natural to think, oh, God, God is telling me that yeah. this is not, I'm not on the right path. No, you you learn this from the school of hard knocks. Like you learn this from like making those bad, from yeah. doing it and realizing, you know what, that was a bad decision to right. do that. Yeah. Uh, in, at least for me in my life, that is that's how I've learned like. When I'm in times of desolation, I'm like, okay, I gotta fix this. It goes from bad to worse. To worse, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm only just digging my grave even deeper. Uh, you know, it's like so. Right. I think that most of the time, at least for me, I don't learn that except for when I do it, when I'm doing it, and I realize, uh-huh. and I, I reflect back and realize, no, that was stupid. I should right have done because that. you're feeling bad, so you're gonna make like. Oh, pitiful choices and like Wait, and look. like okay. So as a guy, a lot of times I just want to make it better, right? I want to fix the problem. So uh-huh. if I'm feeling bad, okay, well, what's making me feel bad? Okay, let's fix that problem. Well, a lot of times when you're feeling bad, you don't have the the mental awareness or the spiritual awareness to realize what's actually the root of this problem. Mm-hmm. You're blind to some aspect of your life, and right. so you try to attack the problem that's not actually the problem, and only get makes, only makes it worse. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely so, right. So I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 
I, I read that. Yeah. Somebody, some guy tweeted that you know one what? time. Jim told me that. Yeah. Jim. I think Jim told he me said, that. He said that. Yeah. Uh, so, but, Juan, uh, you can quote Jim on but that. But you're absolutely right. But, you know, it does seem like, oh, uh, things aren't going well with the choices I've made. I must need to make new choices. Right. Uh, I'll make a, a path correction here, right? No. In fact, he's very clear that if you make a choice. Insofar as, like, as long as you're, it's like, then answers never make a more like mortal sin, you know. That's never the answer. Mortal sin is not the answer. Yeah, right. I, I mean, once again, we're talking about people who are going from good to better, right? Not you, you, so. Like, I just wanted to, you know, right? Yeah, no. But it is important to just reiterate: these rules are for those people who are going from good to better, like in the direction of God, right? Mm-hmm. So, mortal, like choosing mortal sin, is never again. obviously not what, what you're. Should not. I mean, Jim also told me that. You're so. right. I mean, people might still commit a mortal sin who are in this category, but obviously they know that's not the right choice, right? Yeah. Um, so he's very clear in here that if you uh, disobey this rule and you make a change in that moment of desolation and you say, like, I'm not going to, this prayer, my prayer life, it's not doing anything. You know, I'm, I'm just beating myself up here, praying, you know, there's, it's, this is doing nothing for me. I'm going to stop doing this. That uh, you are risking serious spiritual harm. So I think that a lot of times, at least in my experience, I've also realized that in these times, I also say, okay, well, I'm just going to change my spirituality in general. You know, I'm going to go from like, oh, I'm I'm praying these set of prayers. I'm going to find some new. Prayers. I'm going to find some new. I'm going to find some new devotions. Right. Yeah. You know, this is the ones the ones I got are really letting yeah, me down. These saints aren't aren't helping me out. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go to this type of devotion. And yeah. I guess what he's saying is this that's not the right attitude. That you shouldn't do that. Stick it out. Persevere. Uh, correct. And there are some things to change in uh, desolation. And he, he says uh, in our next rule, you'll see. So, But I do. the last thing to point out about this fifth rule is that he says never make a change. So... The word never does not leave room for exceptions, but it's important to remember what he says. He says, be firm and constant in the proposals and determinations in which one has made. So he's not saying don't make any changes. He's saying don't make a change to the proposals and determinations that you have previously made that affect your life of faith. Okay, so it's important because people take this too far. Um, sometimes they're like, no, don't change anything. You can't change anything. No, actually, he says you should change things, but not the proposals and determinations that you had made uh, in your previous, in, in your most recent consolation. So if you had a time of consolation where you were, uh, you know, being rewarded and the thoughts that came from your consolation led you to a certain decision, then you should maintain that decision no matter what. Okay? Um... So, the sixth rule. And we got seven. There's seven rules, yeah. Uh, Tonight. Tonight, seven for today, uh, is, although in desolation we should not change our first proposals, it is very advantageous to change ourselves intensely against the desolation itself, as by insisting more upon prayer, meditation, upon much examination, and upon extending ourselves in some suitable way in doing penance. Okay, so let's break those down. Um, we devote ourselves, here the things he says, we devote ourselves to prayer, meditation, examination, and penance. Um, 
And it should be, it needs to be said that it's Is easy. This when scrupulosity comes into play. Uh, he he does he's not addressing scrupulosity here. That's okay. um, I mean yes. It, just, it seems like it depends if you're a based scru- on this if you're a scrupulous person, uh, then that's something that a scrupulous person needs to always is always dealing with scrupulosity no matter what mm-hmm. right. Even in their consolations, they feel bad for like they feel like they didn't deserve the consolation because they have this other thing yeah, like yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's. It's a good question, but I don't want it to confuse okay, the topic. Sorry. Yeah, no. But I think it needs to be said that if you're in a moment of desolation, the answer is to devote yourself to prayer, meditation, examination, and penance. Okay, yeah, that's easy to say now, but when you're in the moment of right. desolation, we're talking essentially like a heroic act. A heroic act. Yeah, everyone wants to sacrifice until the, sac- until, right. until the sacrifice t- time comes. And if you're in this moment where you feel like prayer is, is worthless... God has abandoned you. Like the last thing you want to do is pray more. Right. Okay. And no, I, I mean. And so it needs to be something that you have determined in advance. Yes, I understand desolation. I know what it is. And I understand that I might feel a certain way, but that's not. I'm. Re- so you have to choose to reject those feelings. That's why he's very important about understanding con- desolation. And then making a choice uh, to reject it. Okay, so prayer. That's um, why import, it's important to have a battle plan. A battle plan, exactly. So when he says prayer, he doesn't mean like contemplative prayer in this. He means specifically petition. Uh, you you ask God to take away your desolation. He says that's what you do. Um, uh, meditation. Sometimes sometimes God says no. Right. Saint Paul prayed that. And said, right. No, that's right. It. But but he um God gave him further counsel. He says, My grace is enough for you. Right, sufficient. Right? Okay, so you you would ask God petition you would petition him, take away this desolation, show me how or why, you know, I'm experiencing it. Help right. me, help me, God. Help me, yeah. Um, meditation. Spiritual desolation spiritual desolation is a time of confusion and darkness. Um, this is a quote from uh Father Timothy Gallagher. Um, this meditation enkindles a light of faith to illuminate that darkness. So meditation, thinking about the goodness of God, all these kinds of things. Consider the love that our Lord has for you. Meditate on Scripture, a Scripture passage that's been a source of strength for you in the past. Um, and think about past times where the Lord has delivered you from desolation. So, you know, th- recall these other times. I've been desolate before. I remember feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I understand it's a lie. It feels real right now, but I've been here before. The Lord has delivered me. He will deliver me again. Right. Um, much examination. That's, that's way easier Way to easier. Say oh, I know. All of do. this stuff is. This next one, though, is the big one. Oh, okay. Okay? Mucho. You, want, you need to become myself reflecting on myself in desolation. <laughs> okay? Triple stamping it. Double <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so, by reflecting... By reflection on my state of desolation, when you when you stop and you you say, "I'm in desolation," so the same thing works with um, lust. When you say, "I'm being tempted to lust," you uh, th- there's something specifically with with lust. Uh, your brain, like a different, you engage the rational part of your brain, mm-hmm. like the sexual powers of your brain are not located in your rational. The right. rational part right. of your brain, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you engage the rational part of your brain, it like allows Clicks. you to like. It's like 
oh, now you can like step back. He's like, oh, look at me. Yes. I'm doing something really stupid. I'm, I'm not thinking about my choices. I should think about my choices right now. Okay. Right. So it's kind of the same thing here. By reflection on my state of desolation, I set myself in desolation apart from myself reflecting on myself in desolation. Okay. So now you're this like inception. Right. Exactly. World. But it's like stepping back and it's like, oh, kind of that same thing. I'm being tempted to lust. I'm in desolation. I'm, I'm in a very emotional state mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I need to engage my rational thinking. And so he says, by doing this, uh, I have made space in my conscience for something besides desolation. Um, and in that space, I can now reconnoiter, which I like that word. I can now re- reconnoiter, maneuver my attention and reason and will, and thus attack. What does reconnoiter mean? It means like go out and, and discover, like to, like it, like go do a, like a, you know, like, like a recon mission. Yes. Like yeah. a one. Thank you. That, in fact, that's the word I was trying to think of. Um, and so you can look, you can attack the weak, attack and weaken, or even destroy the source of desolation by, because a lot of times it's like, you know what? I was really rude to my wife this morning and, uh, something like that. Or like you, you did something that started off, it could have been a natural thing. Mm -hmm. I have a headache. That headache caused me to treat somebody uncharitably. And that uncharitable act had spiritual has, is having now spiritual repercussions. You know, I'm sitting here trying to pray the rosary, and I'm just mad. Upset about I'm this. upset. Yeah. And I don't even know. And like, I'm just upset. I don't even know why. Like, right. I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing this desolation. Mm-hmm. So then you say, you have to realize, you train yourself to say, you know what? I'm experiencing desolation. Why am I experiencing? And so then you stop and you think about it. This is a, a very important of this be aware step. Um, and so you want to ask your things like, what's happening in my heart? Am I in spiritual desolation? How did this begin? What is its cause? How is it developed? What actions will help me reject it? Man, all this stuff just reminds me of like how out of tune we are with reality in general. Right. Because all you're really saying over and over These again is These are so like, obvious basic things. You're just saying like, get back in touch with reality. Uh-huh. Come back to what are you doing? Is it right? Yeah. Is it wrong? Stop being selfish. Right. Like think. It just goes back. You but, know, it's like when I say like, stop what you're doing and think about this for a second. Right. Uh, yeah. Like it's one of my, it's one of the things I like. Want it's my hangups. Right. Yeah. Right. But like, this is not hard, but you can just think about, think about the last time you were upset about something. If you could just remember, if you could say, whoa, I am, I need, let me stop it and th- and consider myself. It's because the the emotional appetite, you know, the irascible appetites, the emotional appetites are very strong. They're mm-hmm. very and God gave them to us a, as a powerful mechanism right. on purpose. Because right? your appetites are essential. Are essential. You do have an appetite for things that is necessary. But if you let them overrun your life, if you right. let them control who you are, it's very easy to not be able to be in touch with reality, but be in touch right. with your because you pride. lose free, you lose free will. You yeah, and, and you become God yourself. You know, yeah. you're no longer in reality. You are trying to become God. Right, and that's that's the tough part that I think we live in today. And there's so many other distractions that that are taking place. Right, to to pull you away from reality. But if you can th- if you can remember this to become myself reflecting on myself in desolation mm-hmm. that if you can if you if that's the only thing you can remember to do 
That's a so huge step. That's a win. Huge, huge step. And so the the, the penance, because one of the things is like, oh, penance. That's kind of what you were saying. Like, what if you go overboard mm-hmm. with the penance? Um, so he says, uh, Father Gallagher, the interior discomfort of spiritual desolation invites an escape into external diversion and gratifications of various kinds. So you know, it's like. I'm going to drink, I've had a rough day, I'm going to drink a beer when I get home. Right. You know, or you just... Uh, and you get upset if something gets in the way of being you, able to drink if you get a beer. Right, exactly. Or when you, if you're having these moments and you start relying on appetites, that is exactly what the evil spirits want you to do. So they want you to look for an escape that protracts and may even deepen the desolation. Yeah, because then what you think is like, no, I deserve this. I deserve this beer. I deserve this moment of my time because I've had a tough day. Right. And I know you need more from me, but I need this myself. I have needs. That's that's what you're thinking, right? Um, And so if you go back to the rule, he says, extending ourselves in some suitable way of doing penance. What he means by that is a penance that directly opposes the action of the evil spirits causing the desolation. So if you are being like tempted to rely on your appetites, then the penance that you need to do is directly opposite of that. Oh, I'm being like I'm being tempted to go eat a bunch of like chocolate-covered walnuts or something. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not eating sugar for the rest of the day. Um, and so if you're serious about overcoming desolation, mm-hmm. this is very hard. It's incredibly hard. But that's what you need to do. You need to commit yourself to doing these things in moments of desolation. And it is an act of heroism, as we talked about, um, because at the moment, it's just absolutely the last thing right. that you want to do. Um, okay, so the seventh rule. This is the you know, last one. It's a, this is a marathon, but we're, we're getting through it. One, how, how, far are, how far are we on the uh, recording? About an hour 20. Hour 20. This is, this wow. is good. This is good. This is like two episodes. Jim's asleep. Hey, Jim, wake up, buddy. The next, uh, the he, next he's seven not, he's not asleep. are going to go faster because we, the baseline yeah, you, yeah, we've already set, established. Set it up, yeah. Okay, so the seventh rule is, let one who is in des- desolation consider how the Lord has left him in trial in his natural powers so that he may resist the various agitations and temptations of the enemy. Since he can resist with the divine help, which, is, which always remains with him, though he does not clearly feel it. For the Lord has taken away from him the great fervor, abundant love, and intense grace, leaving him, however, sufficient grace for eternal salvation. So what he's basically saying, trying to say here is that uh, in moments of desolation, we will think that there is no purpose, like that there is nothing good coming from our, our being desolate. Um, but the Lord uses everything to bring about a greater good. So um, God does not desire desolation for you, but he allows it in order to bring about a greater good. Um, like, Yeah, and this is something that like is really tough whenever you're struggling in, in, in some kind of aspect. I've talked, I've, I've talked with other guys before, and they've asked me, like, why is God doing this to me? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 this, this is the wrong question. God isn't doing this to you. God doesn't do evil things to you. God uh, permits evil right. so that you turn back to him. He made the world perfect right. in the beginning. Right. And so I think that that's something that I, I, I've come across quite a bit is, oh, why is God uh, like doing this to me? Mm-hmm. 
And right. Th- and that's that's a tough concept because like you know when you're doing it when everything is just getting you're just getting pounded right you know mm-hmm. your work is going terrible your marriage may be on the rocks your kids are taking way too it's much going of your from time. bad to worse it's going bad to worse right. and, like, and so you're like god i'm trying my best to 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 have this battle plan i'm trying i'm trying to pray i'm trying to to do these things and you just keep getting in the way sometimes it feels like that man the devil sure is trying a lot mm-hmm. harder to get me than, than you are trying to save me yeah you know like uh, and then finally i have a moment where i say okay god i i give it all to you and then something happens even again you yeah know, it's and like, it's even worse thanks yeah you know like, like was it saint Teresa of avila said if this is how you treat, treat your, your friends no wonder you don't yeah, have very many of them yeah this yeah no wonder you have so many enemies if this is how you treat your friends right, right. it's like you know and 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 man, I've struggled with that before. You know, where sure. it's like, man, I I seriously feel like that uh, the devil sure is working to get me way harder than than the Lord is to save me. Uh-huh. Because it's just like one thing after another, and you get to the point where you're just like, you you, you know, you you become hopeless. You you fall into despair, and this is where this is right where where the devil wants you to be. Right. right? You know, you're like you just kind of throw up your hands and you say like, you know what, I'm done. I'm I'm done with. Focusing on, you know, trying my best. This takes a lot of time. This whole religion thing, this whole God thing takes a lot of my time and effort. And it's just not working out. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, exactly. you know, it's just like, this This just sucks. Uh-huh. You know, uh, so I'm not going to do this anymore. And that's exactly where... Rule five, never make a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's where, you know, the devil wants... That, that's his playground. Yeah, yeah. And it's also important here to distinguish between desolation and the dark night of the soul okay so the dark night of the soul is like something much much different from your consolation desolation cycle that you will go back and forth between okay the dark if you're going through the dark night of the soul like you that is a different kind of purification process uh saint ignatius is very clear that uh like, the dark night of the soul is something that you, as a saint, because if you're, like, doing that, you're probably a saint. Whether you be canonized or not, it's a different story, but, like, uh, something that you have to embrace. Right. St. Ignatius is very clear that you never embrace spiritual desolation in this discernment of spirits. It's always to be rejected, okay? Um, it's not something that you think, oh, I need to, like, this is where I live now. Like This is good for me. Right, because if you do that, you're like kind of having like a pity party on yourself, okay? That's not what you do. And so if you're experiencing the dark night of the soul, like don't, you shouldn't be listening to our podcast probably. Like you're way beyond anything that we're talking about. I don't think you have to worry about right. that. Right, like, I don't either because they don't have an iPhone or, you know, computers. That's not true. They probably do. But anyway, um, so uh, that's just important to distinguish because... Um, when we're talking about this as a time of trial, mm-hmm. it kind of sounds like the dark night of the soul, but that's not what we're talking about here. Um, he, he brings this up as a way of reminding you to have courage, um, and that, uh, God is not, this is, there's, it's not pointless, you know, it's, there is a good reason that you're going through what you're going through. This Basically, this is a rule that's just kind of supposed to be a, a little bit encouragement. Um, so in times of desolation, we're tempted to certain thoughts because the thoughts come from the desolation. Uh, Ignatius is, re- is recommending to us that we combat those evil thoughts with good thoughts. 
Okay, so we're taking... That's the, something that, I, that, that I've i caught myself trying to do a, a lot. You know, something that... Some impure thought, some some thought that comes over my mind, and I, re- I, I recognize, hey, this isn't a holy thought. I shouldn't be thinking this. And so I turn myself to the, you know, the image of our Blessed Mother. I turn myself to, you know, something like the rosary. I, I, I like, reorient myself towards something that is holy. Mm-hmm. And that's the importance of also just having holy things in your home. It. Right. It, it brings back you to to the idea of like no, no 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 this is what we this is what we should be focusing on right and because we're just you know so dumb that we need reminders all the time yeah. it seems like and I, I I like what you said about ha- having things in the home because I have found if I can't get other senses and if I can't get my senses involved mm-hmm. it's like oh I'm gonna think about the Holy Mother that works for like five seconds until that other thought, thought comes back you know in mind like or, or temptation it. It is stronger than my own ability to think mm-hmm. about something. So if I can get an image in front of me of mm-hmm. the Blessed Mother, you know, uh, the the evil spirits cannot overpower that image. It's there. Mm-hmm. You know, I have it, especially if it's blessed. You know, like, then it's it's even better. Yeah. And if uh, you have a strong meditative prayer life, like, right. it makes it easier and easier. Exactly, yeah. The better you get at this stuff, the easier it becomes, okay? So... Um, when we recall that our suffering is a, is permitted this trial so that we can grow, it's like okay, there's a reason why I'm why I'm going through this. I'm being prepared, um, and so it's like okay, there's a I, there's a purpose to it now. So if it was just pointless, yeah, like that is hopeless. Mm-hmm. But when you think like oh no no, there's there's a reason for this. You have to remember that you're being deprived of the feelings. That often accompany God's grace, but not the grace itself. And that's what he's saying. Uh, he says that um, uh, you can resist with the divine help, which always remains with you, even though you don't feel like it. Um, he, yeah. So are we going to do uh, part two next week? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah. That'd be good. Just so that way we can... We don't, I don't want too much distance. Right. I was thinking about... This is kind of a... Uh, side topic here. I mean, that's that's the end of, of my notes for today. But just about suffering and how um, suffering is, there is an image of the Trinity in suffering when, when one suffers well. Um, for us, humanity in relationship to God, because when one views rightly the world, that everything is a gift from, you know, all things are a gift from God, kind of like this rule is grace. that God can God uses everything to bring about a greater glory. Suffering is no exception. And the you know the theology on suffering in the Catholic Church is is incredibly beautiful. So if you are doing if you are suffering well, you are receiving just like in the Trinity, the Father has love for the Son. He receives that love and gives it back, and that love is the Holy Spirit. If you view your suffering as a gift that you receive, and then offer back. To God as a gift. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. the the same life giving principle that you see in the nuptial embrace that you see in the um, in the Holy Trinity. And so, like, I think it's just important that we. There are people who suffer a lot. I don't have much. I don't. I don't have suffering in my life really. Um, praise be Jesus Christ, <laughs> uh, Lord. I just want to thank you for not right. making my heart, my life very I'm hard. Just very special, yeah. you know. Yeah. But um, when you suffer well, <laughs> okay, like I, that was just like for nine days. I 
was in the hospital for nine days once in my life. Okay, a, a lung punctured. Right. Like, Listen, I'm super healthy. I no longer can breathe. I gotta go to the. I gotta go have emergency <laughs> surgery, the next day. Right. Yeah. Well, when I said I'm willing to suffer yet more, Lord, on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I still pray that. I, I still pray like, it. I had to go on like by myself and like be like, yeah. hey guys, listen, uh, Dave is having emergency I know he surgery. Recommended, he recommended that prayer. Uh, we're putting a temporary <laughs> retraction. <laughs> this is just temporary we're, until we can do a little bit more we research. We need him to get out of the hospital and then we can... We're not permanently retracting <laughs> it. It's, this is a temporary measure uh, out of an abundance of caution. Right. Um, so just, anyway... I'm just being prudent. Just, I just found that so encouraging uh, to think about suffering in that way, that mm-hmm. it's a gift that I re- receive and I give it back to the Lord as, like, you become an image of the Trinity. Like, that is just so beautiful. I just want to tell you. Thank you. I just want to tell you that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I pray that you do not have great cause to put it into action soon, but if you do, I'll be like, Adam, you are so lucky. <laughs> Wow, that dude, this is, this is hate, the worst. I hate, I hate, I hate that I'm not the, as lucky as you. Ugh. Yeah, why not me, dude? Yeah. Anyway, that's it. One, anything else? One, you killed it tonight. I was watching. Like, I don't know how you do that. I was. You, you did a phenomenal job. It's like con, control C, control P, guru. <laughs> control V, not P. P is print. You are right. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> Say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>